Hi, welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I am your host, Amber. Thank you so much for tuning in today. How is everyone holding up during eclipse season? How is everyone doing? Are you taking time for self-care? Are you taking time to heal? Are you taking time for you? This is a huge, huge time of transformation and change and healing on so many levels. So I hope you're doing the self-care. I hope you're doing some Reiki. I hope you're taking time for you. Side note, I'm sitting in a hotel room in San Diego recording this right now. And a big bird just flew up to the window, to the ledge, totally threw me off track, but he's totally looking at me, just vibing. I'm sitting here on a chair and it's kind of (laughs) funny, totally threw me off my, but I think he's here to say hi. And if you tune into animals and spirit wisdom, uh, he came here to just say, hey, I see you, spirits here guiding you, right, right? So So yeah, I hope you're taking time for healing and uh, self-care and time for you. And that's what this episode is all about, Reiki and healing and sound healing. And Christine Cantor shares amazing ways that you can raise your vibration and heal. Um, Whether you've experienced Reiki before or not, the time to do so is now. So I highly suggest that maybe you take time out to try a Reiki session. Also to attune yourself to Reiki. Taking a Reiki attunement or a level one gives you the ability to heal yourself. You don't need to go to a practitioner anymore. You can practice on yourself. You know, you use the power of that divine connection and use your body as a vessel to provide healing to yourself. And it's so very, 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 very needed right now. So Take a listen. I hope you enjoy. If you feel like sharing this episode with someone who you think could benefit, um, please do so. I would love to grow the podcast, spread the love to the world. It is so needed right now. Um, For a Reiki session with me, or if you would like an attunement with me, head over to my website, adventuresandawakening.com. I'll put all of Christine's info in the show notes. She also... um, offers Reiki session virtual or um, distant. So yeah, take time for you. Uh, Really give it a try. I highly encourage it. This uh, past few weeks I have, and the bird flew away and now it's back. I have been taking uh, Reiki. I've been going to Reiki sessions. I've been practicing Reiki on myself, but there's something powerful about turning you know your spirit your energy over to someone else who can do the work and I've been needing it because I felt the eclipse um, very much so 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 give it a try let me know what you think sending you off so much love and remember when you awaken you you remember you namaste welcome to adventures and awakening hi how are you doing I'm good how are you Good. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Do I, Am I coming across okay? I have my ear pods in. Yeah, so do I. You're perfect. Okay, cool. They work better than we think they do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today and to talk all about energy healing and the clairs, but I want to first um, ask you your awakening story or kind of how you landed where you are today. 
Oh gosh, so that is really quite a story. <laughs> so um, the only way that I can really attribute to um, how I kind of came into energy work and yoga and all of that kind of at the same time was I um, had two C-sections. Both my, both my babies were C-section babies. And after the second one, I was going to massage therapist. And when I was going to him, I always felt like I was like walking out on cloud nine. And one day I just happened to have said, um, Joe, like, why are your massages the best ever? And even, and I'm not a talker, I don't talk during massages. And that's kind of one of the things that kind of annoys me a little bit about some therapists, but he would always just like make little subtle hints to me about things that like seem to be relevant in my life. And so one day I said, you know, why do I feel this way? Like, what are you doing differently? How, why am I experiencing something different? And he said, well, you know, amongst doing, you know, the physical massage, I also um, offer Reiki during my sessions to um, my clients. And I'm like, oh, so what is that? And so we started talking about Reiki. And then uh, one of the things that he made mention to me is that my mind and body weren't really synced. And of course, having to uh, just having had a second baby and having, you know, both uh, birth plans not really go as planned. Um, I said, okay, well, what recommendations would you have aside from coming to see you on the regular? And he said, well, maybe try yoga. So I started, uh, I found, sought, I sought out a local studio, um, never having ever done any yoga, aside from probably some videos that I stumbled across from like Beachbody or uh, maybe even, I don't even know, uh, one, one was very 80s driven yoga video that I found on YouTube, <laughs> which was kind of funny, but at least it kept me entertained enough to continue to do the practice. And um, yeah, the first time I went into yoga, I hated it. I was like, what, what is all this? I had no idea what anything was called, what anything was going on. I was not strong physically or even mentally, but like once I did it more than once and I gave myself that time and really it became that hour away from home, away from being a mom. Um, like I just started to crack open and that took me even further into just, um, you know, energy. And that's really what I felt during yoga was just my energy change and um, that, that awakening happening inside me. But then it deepened even more to my curiosity on Reiki. So I saw, you know, I had um, a couple different experiences um, during Reiki sessions that really were pivotal, pivotal for me to just want to dig in and do more and find some training, um, which is what I did. I actually um, am trained to a Yusui Reiki mastership twice. I, I learned by two different teachers. Each teacher taught me something different in the ways that they taught and the ways that they were learned, um, which was just really amazing. I felt like I learned a lot from both of them. And then I had my first Holy Fire Reiki experience. And that was something different. That really took me to, I want to say, a deeper spiritual sense of just wholeness. Um, it's really hard to put words when you have those experiences. Um, and so then I became very interested in learning more about Holy Fire Reiki. Um, I got, I got attuned and became um, 
a Holy Fire Reiki master with William Rand from the International Center of Reiki Training. And then further yet, even to becoming a Karuna Reiki master, um, every step that I've taken along the way has just brought me a different sense of um, healing for myself, for past trauma, for past life trauma, um, the healing on the physical side, you know, having, I have scoliosis. Um, and at one point in time, I thought I just have to learn to live with the pain. Um, but through Reiki and yoga, I'm actually able to not have pain that I have to manage, which is, you know, really fantastic. And I will say that, that not all fits one. So, um, for me, that's just a way that's just been, it's been able to help me, but through all those little experiences I have with Reiki sessions and different trainings and just meeting like-minded people has just brought me into the space where I am today. I love that. And would you say and past life trauma? <clears throat> so aware of past lives that you have, just that you're yes. I am aware. Um, so I do a little bit of um, shamanic journeying as well. I'm not going to say that I am a shamanic practitioner because um, for me, it is really just, it's, it's more personal to me. Um, I am aware of some past mm -hmm. life trauma and even this life trauma too. So let me back that up. So yes, even my current life, I've experienced <laughs> trauma um, as a child, different child. And I think everybody does or has to some extent. So um, really, really finding and feeling that, you know, things are, things can be a pattern for some souls. And if you can't heal what's happened in the past, either this past life that you have, and even past lives before, it's going to continue just to repeat until you can break that pattern. That's very true. Um, so through Reiki and through your own healing journey, did you start to, I guess, be more aware of energy or, you know, did your, your gifts grow a little bit? Like, your clairs, your, I feel like it has for me. So I'm wondering if it's the same. Yes, it definitely has. Um, I can actually relate. Um, I want to say <clears throat> I was probably, oh, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. And so again, just working with healing um, my childhood and healing past lives, like I always knew that I had this strong intuition with healing hands. And I can even talk to being in this current life being nine or 10 years old and being on a farm and having kittens running around, which is normal for a farm. And there was one kitten that I was carrying and it just stopped breathing. I just remember this so, so vividly. It just stopped breathing. And I was holding this kitten. I had my hands on the kitten and I was rubbing the kitten and I was just talking to it, like just nice and calm. And like, I, that was the first time that I ever felt my hands really get warm and having not been trained in Reiki, this is, um, you know, again, a story and experience that I've had, um, that holding this kitten for, I don't even know, seemed like forever, but was probably just a minute, maybe even, you know, maybe not even that long that it finally like started to breathe again, which I was like, oh my gosh, did that really just happen? <laughs> um, and so again, that just led up to more experiences, but I, probably um would not have even been able to remember that experience without some of the developing clears that i've had and even some of the clarity that working with energy has been able to bring me um 
because I just, I can vividly recall that as recent as just like two years ago. It wasn't really memory that I had until about two years ago. Um, but the clairs, you know, they're, they're very strong senses. A lot of people just think like, oh, I'm clear sentient. Like I just um, know those things, but it's not like you can have um, clairvoyance, you know, into the scene. And I feel like that's what kind of came clear to me within the last two years was that ability to see past and past lives, present, present life, and even kind of where this is going to take me into the future. And our future is always changing. So deja vu sometimes can be one of those biggest feelings that most people experience when they think about clairvoyance. Um, I do not have a strong sense in clear audience, but I have friends that that are, that will kind of like hear things. Um, I will say that in working with a shaman and listening to drumming, um, I do have a little bit of indigenous Native American background. Um, I have some of the, um, I, I want to say about 11% of me is, is if you think through ethnicity um, from indigenous Native American. And I was doing a journey with a shaman and she was playing her drum. And then she, it just got quiet and, until she started to bring me back out of the journey I was in. But I could hear chanting, like, singing almost and it wasn't her and it wasn't like music that had been playing in the background but afterwards I had made mention of that to her and she said well that was probably just ancestors coming um to your auditory senses um some people might think that's clear audience doesn't happen to me on the regular um but has happened to me twice with her actually so um I like to think that there's some validity <laughs> in in that experience that I had um you know and and going back to you know, just clear feeling like that's probably my biggest and strongest clear is just the clear sentience being able to feel, um, you know, someone's emotions or feelings. But what I kind of have adapted myself to be is that I'm very grounded. So even though I can feel that from you, I don't really take it on. Um, I can just tell. So I have a little bit of sense of the compassionate side when it comes to that, but it doesn't cling to me. So I think a lot of times when people are empathic, that probably Claire is very strong with them to be able to feel and sense other people's emotions, sometimes even physical uh, pain or struggles they might be able to feel. A lot of people just allow themselves to carry that around with them, you know, being empathic. Um, so if you feel like you um, ha are a little bit in that clear sentient strength, um, really learning some good grounding properties is really important to kind of let yourself not carry around somebody else's um, energy with you throughout the day. What are some practices that you do to stay um, grounded? Because you are very grounded. I'm very grounded. Like so I, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I like to say part of that is just natural attribution. Um, but I will say that when I find myself starting to get a little uh, flighty and floated and um, not I do utilize crystals actually right behind me. I have a little altar at my, at home uh, where I work throughout the day and I have a variety of crystals on it. I actually have some really good um, stones, my favorite stones um, that I like to put in my socks at night before I go to bed just to, you know, have them close to your feet and help 
kind of sink that energy from your own body down. Um, I have fallen asleep with them. They don't really bother me um, to do that, but I tend, I try to remember to take them out because once in a while, one will get right to the soft spot of my uh, ankle tissue and it's not the best <laughs> feeling to wake up to. Um, but that helps me when I'm feeling that way. Um, you know, my, my morning practice of really just gratitude helps keep me grounded. So every morning I get up and I try to um, list off at least 10 things that I'm grateful for, for the day. Um, and that really helps me establish a relationship, not only with myself, but, you know, sometimes with people, a lot of people, my family, they're in my list of things that I'm grateful for. Um, that really helps connect me back to, you know, my heart, my mind, my body, um, yoga helps me stay, um, stay grounded. I do have some really special, unique, um, malas that I've had curated for me based off of, uh, feelings and kind of stones that I've connected to that, um, are always around me, um, that I like to have, um, just on hand. And I just have one sitting there looking at me right now, <laughs> um, that just helped me stay grounded. So again, and then the practice of not being, um, you know, keeping kind of that clear sense around me of almost like a bubble, right? Like, even though you're very empathic, um, having a sense of not, not carrying other people's stuff and the awareness that people bring to that um, can really help solidify staying grounded or becoming grounded. Yeah, I'm super empathic. And I don't all like I kind of make it like, okay, put me in a bubble, like, you know, guard my energy, blah, 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 blah. I don't always do it just because life is busy. Right. Mm -hmm. And you go, you like, I go, 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 do, do, do. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, whoo, like, whoops, <laughs> didn't guard my energy. <laughs> and you can feel it and you know it, what's yours and what's not. And I feel like there's when you go other out into the world now, it's like super important to protect your energy. Yeah, another good thing to do, and I do this with my kids too, because they can come home from like, um, you know, gymnastics or dance or other things um, that they might be involved in around a lot of other people and kids and everything else is bathe in Epsom salt, like throw a half a cup or a cup of Epsom salt with some essential oils into a bath at night. That really helps ground you. Um, that's something that not only will clear off all of like that excess stuff that you might be carrying around, but it's also very grounding and very soothing to connect back to that water element. Um, you know, cause our bodies are made up of all this water and having that sense of just soaking in that um, just can help revitalize and just kind of shake off that stuff. That's not really meant for you to carry around throughout the day. Right. Right. Now, do you wear socks in your, uh, or wear socks, wear crystals in your socks when you sleep because you're like a vivid dreamer to help you just stay grounded so you're not so all over the place when you sleep or? Nope. Um, no, I don't do it for, I don't do it for that purpose. Um, like I said, if it's really just more when I'm not feeling very grounded, do I put a couple crystals in my socks? So it's not nightly. It might be, you know, maybe once a week or every other week. It's not something that I do on the absolute regular, but it's just a practice of mine that when I want to feel more grounded or I know that I'm not very grounded, again, you know, our emotional bodies can 
tilt her that at any given point in time. Um, mm -hmm. So anytime that I feel like I just need that little, little bit of extra comfort to bring me back into a space of being centered and grounded, do I put some crystals in my socks? Okay. And then I also want to go back to the past life thing that you brought up, um, because I know when we had our, uh, my holy fire um, training that you brought up that you will go into memories from your childhood or where you're holding trauma or past lives, and you'll send Reiki. Mm -hmm. to. And I think that's so important right now, um, especially with what's going on in the world. You know, I feel like we're in this huge ascension awakening uh, process and so many people are being called to heal. And I was yes. hoping that maybe you would just share kind of how you do that and why Reiki is really just so important right now to help people go back and how simple it is that you don't really have to like feel it all too much again, but if you could share your process of how you do that. Yeah. So when you, um, when you get attuned and trained to, um, Reiki, you learn methods and symbols that you're able to heal bits and pieces of yourself, either karmically or energetically, um, by just kind of sending the intention there. So, um, you can, so getting into the levels of Reiki in a, in a level one, in a level one session and a training session, it's really about self-healing. And then level two amplifies that to um, being able to not only heal, help heal others more effectively, but also help heal past. And that's where you learn a lot about, you know, healing those past life's trauma or even present life trauma. Um, one of the things that I recommend for people is to just really, especially with yourself. So let's just talk present life trauma, um, picturing myself at the age that I know that I had some trauma happening or finding a picture that I might have in a photo album and really just spending some time thinking about, um, how I felt, what I looked like, what was I experiencing at that point in time? And then going through the process of sending Reiki to myself at that time period, again, thinking either through a picture or just a memory that I might've had of something that happened and just spend some time with that feeling and then sending Reiki to myself at that time. Um, past life, I can say um, a couple different times when I've done some past life healing, um, we're talking um, Aztec, we're talking era of being in early Egypt, um, having those memories and sending Again, sitting with, with the feeling or sensations and the um, <clears throat> ideas that I might have had in that past life and sending trauma to that as well, which is also really important to help heal ancestral trauma. So as you think about healing yourself in this present life and even past lives, all that, all that is ancestral trauma that you can help heal to continue to help break some of the cycles that you might be experiencing as you're moving through <clears throat> this life too. And have you noticed a big, uh, like uh, once you went back and you did the work to do that? Huge, huge, <laughs> very much so. Um, you know, I can think of, again, some more clarity around having things that happened to me um, in my present life, um, you know, in, when I think about some past life um, traumas that I had, like I was murdered in a past life. Um, 
and not very nicely to to um, not to get into too many details about it, but in the situation that I was in in that past life, not having any control over that um, has been something that's been carried with me over uh, a lot more lives and being able to solidify and help heal some of that definitely I think is what helps make me a much more grounded person in this present life and to be able to have the confidence in any situation to continue to stay that grounded. Mm -hmm. How did you find out about that? In a uh, shamanic journey and, and, you know, as we move along in, in our, in our present lives, um, you know, we live, we live, we leave bits and pieces of our energetic self everywhere, everywhere. I mean, you can think like today, when, when we're done with this call, you and I left bits and pieces of our energetic body right here today mm -hmm. in this moment. And you can go through, and, and I've facilitated some healings like this before, where we're pulling back in the pieces of your energy. So you think your physical self, your mental self, your emotional self and your spiritual self. Like we, we leave those pieces of ourselves out everywhere we go and everything that we do. And I have helped facilitate healings to have people bring those pieces that aren't meant to be left out there back into themselves. And you can also do that with past lives too. So if you think about, again, we're leaving these like little energetic met pieces everywhere and you even do it in your past lives. You can do like, um, like a soul retrieval almost is what is, is actually what it's called. And I've done that. I've done a soul retrieval to pull back those pieces of myself, of my soul, the energy that I've left in those past lives. And I've been able to pull that back and bring it back to this present life to continue to, again, know more about it, facilitate in continuing with being grounded and also into the process of awakening that I'm already in. I love it. That's so good. So good. I had like and there's, a, a chill. <laughs> and there's all these tools out there, you know, and, and again, not one fits all, but there's all these tools out there that are available to people, um, even just within yourself, like, you know, like self-reiki, you know, becoming, becoming attuned to that, your own energy and how you can help promote that energy healing within yourself. Um, sound sound is very healing you know um i did an experiment once with with my kids where we did um plants and i know that after we did this there was a big commercial on tv but you know if you talk to a plant you give them a lot of nurture and we did this with just marigolds like you know you go to the store and buy those for like a dollar <laughs> and uh -huh. um you know talk very loving things to to this flower to this plant and just watch it blossom and bloom and you're and you're and you're watering the plants the same and they're getting the same amount of sunlight but then the other plant you know you maybe aren't being so nice to in your words and the vibration that you're putting out there to it and it really can you can really see the neglect that that plant is getting over the other they're being taken care of the same way just one is receiving more positive vibrations and the other one is feeling more negative vibrations and it's just really you know it, it for for kids that's really a good way for them to see how their actions their words their own energy vibrations is reflective to others and um to be able to bring that into just you know some facilitating for healing if you're kind to yourself that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So can, being able to acknowledge and, and become more aware of like those thoughts that you have, you know, and, and everybody has it. We're all human, you know, self-doubt is huge. And, you know, it's, it's not, oh, she doesn't have any self-doubt. I have self-doubt all the time. <laughs> it's, you know, just, but being able to breathe back in that confidence and that level of grounding that, you know what, um, I am not doing this for anybody else to judge me, but I'm doing it just for myself. Yes. And so I want to, um, I want you to describe what, like, however, and uh, sex, but I, did the one marigold die or did it, was it just sad? Um, we ended up taking it outside and being much nicer to it. Nicer once, to it got, <laughs> once it got to a specific point, you know, obviously we are, we didn't want to, um, murder a let plant. It die. <laughs> yes. Yes. But we were like, okay, I think, you know, we, we've shown, I've been able to show like, this is, this is what can happen when you are nice to yourself and your friends versus not being nice to yourself or not being nice to your friends. And we just need to make sure that we, you know, kids today, they don't, they don't learn those lessons. So for mm-hmm. me, it was important. It was important to show my children that example. Yes, I agree. In our home, one of my big rules is that we speak kindly to each other and we lead with love, which is sometimes hard for teenage children, especially when you have three of them, you know, not mm-hmm. to put each other down or judge each other. And so if, if they say like, you're stupid, then they have to say like things from heart and like change the flow of energy. Like I'm huge on that. And I've even like with their friends coming over and we always have like five or six kids at the house being like, okay, this isn't your house, but this is kind of how we do things here. We're going to watch our words and everything is vibration. And, you know, we're, there's enough people out there that are not kind and loving that we're going to keep it kind and loving here. Like we're going to love and support each other and build each other up. And I think that's super important, super important in the world. So can you go back to just sharing about like vibration? We are all energy. We are all, all, can you give just a quick little blurb about that for people who are not aware? And sometimes we forget, right? Too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might take it for granted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we are just, we are just um, energetic beings living inside the skin. And when you think through vibrations, like my biggest, my biggest um, story that I like to share is about Nikola Tesla. So Tesla theory, and he created this vibrational drum and he was subjected to it for, to himself for many many, many years around vibration and good vibration that he was creating. And he lived in, a, in an era where most men passed away in their mid sixties. He lived to be well into his eighties. And again, attributing to being around higher vibrational, positive vibrational. And he, again, he was creating this vibration, but being around that, you know, pro, was, was, is a scientific proven fact that being around that vibration he lived a lot longer than most people in his era. Mm-hmm. Um, you think through like um, all the food, all the, like, again, vibration, talking to the plants, the energy of what I was of my vibration and telling that plant, how beautiful it was, how pretty it smelled so good. Same thing with my kids. Like what you speak is vibration. Vibrations are all around us and everything that we do. Again, our bodies are made up of mostly water. We have a vibrational frequency. Sound has a vibrational frequency you listen to, again, I don't know why, for whatever reason, this week, the song Vienna by Billy Joel has been 
a song that I just find myself listening to over and over again. And maybe because of the lyrics are reminding me, slow down, you have time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but also because I feel like it just promotes a real feel good, positive vibe. If I was to listen to nine inch nails <laughs> and I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking nine inch nails, but you know what I mean? Something that maybe was a little in the darker side of, of moodiness of feelings, I probably would be a little more grumpy or a little less or angry. And yes. Or, and, you know, not such vibing high and not to, so there's always things around us that, that can project um, vibration onto us and that we sometimes willing or unwillingly know that we're projecting vibrations onto other things and other people. Yes. And so Ricky, I have one of the things, go ahead. <laughs> I have my sound bowls in my yoga room uh, where I have all my plants too. And they are doing better than any of the other plants in the house. In fact, they're so big, like that I have to re I mean, it's not a bad thing, but they're growing so fast that it is like, I can't keep up, but they're happy. And that's like, it's just proof because I play the bowls in there all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you do, we both do this. I do the monthly sound bath offerings. I know you do as well. Um, I can say that my sound bowls in my personal practice, going back to the grounding and vibrations really, really helps me. Um, even to the point so much that I bought a white gong that I just love. I feel like it's like the unicorn of gongs, but uh, you know, it's very special to me. Um, and then I, and I also started, um, playing the native American flute. I reached out to some ancestors of mine that are still in Tennessee and was able to get a handmade flute that I know, you know, uh, a lot of heart intention went into making it. Um, so it vibrates and resonates very, very well with me. And the vibrations of that, like, you know, are just astounding for, for me. And I bring those into my offerings and, you can just see how much people love it yeah. because it's re it's reestablishing them back into a higher vibrational state again, which we, we should all try to achieve and maintain. And, you know, again, life happens, but it helps bring that sense back to you. And so your mm-hmm. plants are probably loving that. <laughs> They're super happy. That's great. Um, I wanted to ask you about Holy Fire, and I was hoping you could share it with the listeners that, you know, I know um, there's Yusui Reiki, and then there's Holy mm-hmm. Fire, and then you also men- mentioned Karuna. Can you kind of say what the difference is, or just share a little bit about about each so, one? Yep, yeah, so, um, <clears throat> so let me just say that neither, uh, no matter which lineage you decide to study, there's many, many more. There's Angelic Reiki, there's um, Karuna, or I'm sorry, Kundalini Reiki. Like there's all these other different lineages of Reiki. Again, from my personal studies, what I have learned is that Yusui Reiki is the traditional Reiki. It's That's where it started. It was in this lineage to be taught the same way every time. And like I said, I've done it twice with two different masters. Both I've learned different things from. And I feel like without that good foundation, um, my my passion for wanting to explore more um, probably wouldn't, wouldn't have happened um, without mm-hmm. that kind of that first layer of the foundation of knowing more about the, the origins of Reiki. Um, so you see Reiki, like I said, is more traditional. It's kind of the, the stepping stone. It's the grounding point. It's kind of um, was developed and created to be this set system 
um, where you use the same symbols, you teach it the same way, your attunement is a little bit different. And, and I know that you've done both Yusui and you've done some Holy Fire training with me, where Holy Fire really kind of takes out the teacher's energy. So much like in a Yusui um, attunement, you are your teacher, your master teacher is um, placing the symbols physically on your body or energetically around your body. In Holy Fire, I, I am just facilitating the energy to come right to you. So it's a little bit different in how we do the attunements in Yusui and a placement in Holy Fire Reiki. Um, because the healing of what is to happen with the Holy Fire placements is up to each individual person. So how you receive it and how you experience it is very unique and individual to every single person. So not, not one person will have the same experience. My energy is not interfering with um, your experience and the placement in your, um, in Holy Fire and the same true for any teacher that you take um, Holy Fire with. Um, but for me, I also feel like the Holy Fire Reiki was a little bit more pure. It was more pure, more refined, almost like it was taking me to the next step, the next um, place in that vibrational um, energy field. Um, and again, my experience on that. And you learn a couple different symbols with Holy Fire than you do in your Yusui. Um, there's just, just one, really. Um, and that helped promote, again, a, a higher vibration for me, different experiences for me, and how much easier, easily accessible the energy was to me through Holy Fire Reiki. Um, it was, it's just a different, again, my own personal experience is just, it's just different than Yusui is. Um, Karuna Reiki is the next step for, for most masters if they choose to continue. And you really learn um, additional symbols that can help quantify um, deeper healing on different levels. So not only physical, um, but more spiritual. It was definitely much more of a spiritual experience for me to go through Karuna Reiki master training um, with the symbols that learned. And they talk about toning and chanting a lot more and how yeah. your own, again, your own voice and, and your, the vibration of the voice and the intention behind the tone of your voice um, is so very important. I love that. I was, I, have to, I, was med I was meditating the other day and someone came to me and said, Amber, you heal with your voice. That's why we want you to share the podcast more. We want you to channel more because your voice, and I think this is true with everyone, but they said, your voice carries this vibration. Um, and yeah, I was channeling. I can't remember exactly the wordage, but so they're like, we need you to start channeling and putting out more intuitive stuff. And I'm like, no. And they're like, yes, because your voice carries this. <laughs> um, which, and then you just said that and I was like, it's so true. I mean, every, so everything true. we say is vibration and, um, I definitely am called to do Karuna and I've experienced Holy Fire with you and it was very mm -hmm. powerful and very uh, changing. I, I almost like an up level or an upgrade from mm -hmm. what I was experiencing before for sure. Yeah. And some people experience it as like a cool sense of energy, just like calm, cool, collective. And some people feel it like that warmth, like 
I immediately notice myself get warmer, my hands get warmer. So again, everybody's experience is um, a little bit different, but most people do say, I can, I can feel that the flow of energy is different. Like I can feel that it's different. So, you know, there's some validation in, in most people's experience on that. Um, and then to follow up with them and just kind of hear some additional stories or different things that they've experienced with Holy Fire is just, you know, really incredible for me as a teacher, as a master teacher to just hear from my students. So, um, yeah. I love it. I um, wanted to ask how you use how you use you know reiki in your daily life like it doesn't have to always be just a personal session what you do offer um and i will share all of that at the end but just going about your day-to-day life you know maybe mm-hmm. raking your food your water what do you do specifically that kind of keeps you where you're at high vibe yeah so honestly it's kind of starts in my morning when i'm in the shower and i love the feeling of water hitting my head So whenever I'm in the shower and I feel that sense of water just pouring over, you know, I start with my, my gratitude practice, naming the things that I'm grateful for, uh, you know, just as I'm waking up into that moment. And then I will, it's kind of funny, you'll, you maybe will laugh, (laughs) but while I'm even like shampooing my hair, right. I'm using my hands, my hands are on me. Like I am, I am asking, you know, just for, um, Reiki to be with me throughout that day. Um, and that just kind of continues on with my day. So yes, I reiki my vitamins. I actually, um, make water in my crystal bowls while also, you know, using reiki to the water and to the bowls. And I filter that water out. And then that's, you know, I drink that water pretty consistently, again, continuing to keep with the higher vibrations. But even if I'm traveling somewhere, I'm grabbing a bottle of water or anything, invite to eat out somewhere, you know, I always break my food. When I get in my car to drive my kids to school, I have a beautiful little symbol that just reminds me, and I have it hung from my visor, that like send protection and well-being to everybody that's in this car, you know? And so that I see it every day when I get in my car to go take my kids to school. And when I get in my car to bring them back home or anywhere that I go, it's, it's right there hanging in my visor with a great reminder. And I have a couple crystals sitting right there in my car as well that I've lost with Reiki that, that travel with me. Um, so that those are components that I do in my everyday life. When I go in to teach any of my yoga classes, I sit in the room before I get there and just, you know, send Reiki to the space so that everybody who comes into that space um, gets some sort, sort of healing that is for the greater good for each and every one of them. And whether that be in most classes, not hands-on and some of the uh, offerings I do do, we, I do offer Reiki assist or some hands-on Reiki, but most of the time, if it's just stepping in to teach the class, I at least make sure that the room has been blessed in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, do you put the water in your actual crystal singing bowls? Yep. I have not, I've never tried that. So I started, try it. To, I started with my throat bowl because um, I felt like I was having a hard time being heard. Um, I started just putting just, again, just tap water and not filling it up all the way, probably about a quarter of the way, maybe a little bit more and just playing it and you will see the water dance and it still sounds, it still makes a beautiful sound, but the water inside of it just dances. I will say, if you do it, 
filter it with like, I pour it into a pitcher that I have with a coffee filter, one of those pre-made coffee filters on the top. Cause you know, my bowls collect dust as, as yours probably do too throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of filters out anything that might just be in the bowl when I put the water in it um, or that kind of just shakes off the bowl while I'm playing it. Um, and then I refrigerate that. And then, like I said, depending on how I'm feeling and where my self Reiki is taking me each week into what area I might need to be rebalanced in. Um, I can just, you know, make, make more, more crystal water, (laughs) crystal bowl water with Reiki. Have you then noticed a difference? Do you feel like you're being heard and have you noticed a shift? Yeah. Yes, I have. Like I said, the first one that I um, did was with the throat bowl and that was probably over a year ago. And I can definitely tell that I have, and I'm not afraid, like I used to be so afraid to chant or even offer an ohm in class, right? And um, depending on the energy that I was feeling from the students. And now it's like, you know, if they join me, that's fantastic. If they don't, they're still hearing the vibration from my voice and the meaning of ohm. Right. That's good. Um, So will you share, I know that we started talking about your Reiki path. And I know you also play the bowls and do sound healing. So will you kind of share some of the services that you offer and the healings that you offer just to help people along their awakening and healing path? Yeah. So like I said, Reiki sessions, well, mine was kind of combined massage and Reiki. Um, But then I started asking, you know, just, okay, let's maybe do 30 minutes of a massage and 30 minutes of Reiki on me. Um, And, and that really helped me, especially after having body trauma from C-section and bringing back that heartfelt mind body connection. So if you're looking to start anywhere, my suggestion would be seek out a, a somebody to offer you Reiki to like, you know, find a studio or somebody near you, you know, even you, Amber, or me, or anywhere in your community, um, find someone that's offering Reiki and ask them questions. You know, not everybody is a good fit for um, each person, but you can at least ask a few questions about what is Reiki? You know, what have you been trained in? What is your style? What can I expect from my first session? And I get that question a lot. And my reply to people is, it's kind of like when you step foot onto the beach for the first time and the sun is shining and your bare feet hit that warm sand and your body and your energy just kind of goes, that to me is how I describe Reiki to someone who is asking, what does it feel like? Because that's what, to me, that's what it feels like. It feels like that beautiful ray of sunshine, the smell, the sound of the ocean, your feet, the senses of your feet into the sand and just kind of that clearing of all with the sensations of that warmth. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody wanted to start somewhere, start with, you know, seeking out somebody to do Reiki with. Find someone that's offering Reiki sessions in your area. Um, I do Reiki. I offer Reiki services. I offer sessions in 30, 60, and 90. Although I don't typically advertise the 30 unless somebody only has an amount of time because I feel like 60 to 90 minutes is, is a good, is a good uh, amount of time to spend with somebody for them to really get the benefits. But any amount of Reiki at any time, even if it's five minutes, is still beneficial. Um, I offer sound healings just with the crystal bowls. I also offer um, Reiki sound baths where it's a combination of hands-on Reiki with the crystal bowls. And sometimes it's both. Maybe one hand is on your solar plexus while I'm playing a crystal bowl that I am feeling drawn to. Um, That is um, 
a great service that I offer that has been well received in the community that I'm in. Um, I can do gong baths if you like with, I only have two, I have a larger white and then just a smaller 14 inch brass gong um, that I like to sometimes bring into the healings. Um, and then Reiki trainings. I do um, actually have a level one coming up here soon in a couple weeks um, in my own community, as well as up in independence in a couple different areas. Um, so yeah, just get out and explore. And I guess I would just tell people to be open-minded when you're looking for um, those types of energy offerings and really just let yourself let go of any expectation and just let yourself, let your body, let your energy just feel its way through it. Mm-hmm. Do you offer um, Zoom or, or online or is it all in person? Nope. I can do, um, I can do distance virtual sessions as well. Um, sometimes my distance sessions just um, are, hey, can you send, you know, um, Reiki to me? This is what I'm going through. Um, you know, I, and then I will just tell you, well, I'll do it before bed tonight or whatever, or I'll spend some time and I'll just, if somebody's not comfortable being on the camera on Zoom, which is okay, it, it you know, some people are not, um, I'll just spend some time and I'll just text you at the end of the session and say, hey, session's all done. Because most of the time people are going to fall asleep if they're at home and they're comfortable during that session. Um, and I'll just text and say, listen, session is finished. Let me know how you're feeling later. Because if they did doze off, I don't want to be the abrupt person on the Zoom camera going, hey we're done. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I do have, I do have a handful of students that like to have the virtual session and it helps me because I can see them. So either way, it's okay. I can see you. I, and if, when I'm able to see you, I like to see like the full view. If you're laying down, I like to see your head and your toes, because it really just helps me direct a little bit better, but still do it without that physical presence, that physical picture is just and and to me is just as powerful as being able to see you or even having you in person. Sometimes I think it might even be more beneficial because when I'm not in person with you, I'm really focusing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And being at home for me and receiving distance Reiki, I'm able to relax more than being in mm-hmm. someone's space. Like I'm in yeah. my comfortable comfortable spot yeah you probably have your favorite pillow your favorite blanket yes Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I really think I for me Reiki was just the beginning it's like you know of opening the box of so much healing that happened for me it's just it was like the beginning of it all really right <laughs> just mm-hmm. on this path of awakening and evolving and we're all like continually learning and growing, where do you see yourself, you know, going in the next year or so? I guess only time will tell. Um, I really feel like um, what I'm offering, I'm comfortable in. And I feel like this, the universe will give me a sign if I need to excel, propel or change that. Um, So I feel like I'm going to be doing the same, um, if not continuing to deepen my um, awareness. Um, I do also do Akashic records. I think you and I talked about this last time we were together. <laughs> um, I do, I um, do Akashic records and, and I go into my own Akashic records for healing and clarity, which really helps me profoundly so much. Um, and sometimes I listen to, you know, my master's teachers and loved ones with their guidance and kind of what they're cueing um, for me for the next steps. But for now, um, you know, the future is yet to be unfolded for me. 
do you ever tap into the Akashic for the collective or, you know, like tap in to just to get insight for what's going on in the world in the current moment? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, follow me on Instagram. When I do get some of those really good, powerful messages, I do tend to share them out. Um, COVID during COVID was a big, big time when the collective energy was very chaotic. Um, and I know I don't have to speak to that because I feel like everybody has already felt that and knows that. But even even this week, even today, you know, the the collective energy is so up and down and it's a good reminder to me to continue to stay grounded because the more of us that are grounded and that are confident in our energetic bodies, um, the more established we're going to become and the better off the collective is going to be. Mm-hmm. So this to me is a perfect time. If anybody is interested in learning more about Reiki and healings, like there is no better time than the present time. If it feels right to you, like just do it because the more of us that are out there helping heal, not only ourselves, but others, ultimately the stronger and the better our collective energy is going to be. So true. I want, I will say, um, for, since the eclipse for me personally, holy crap, like the stuff that is <laughs> like, I'm double moon sign, you know, cancer, sun, cancer, moon. I have never felt something so intensely in my entire life to where I just, without knowing Reiki, without knowing some of the practices that, you know, I've learned along the way to keep me grounded and to keep me and know like, that's just something that needs healed. It's coming up because it needs healed and to do the work. I don't know. Like I couldn't imagine if not knowing this, how Mm -hmm. this is intense. Yeah. Super intense. Come Tuesday. Come Tuesday when, when Mercury goes back into retrograde, let me know how you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes, and- I mean, the, you have these tools. If you, if you have the understanding the training, the knowledge, you have the tools to best help you in each situation when it comes to the energy I've gone to. Listen, I've gone to football games, you know, I've gone to basketball games, professional, even at that. And like to just sense and see and feel the people who are just on edge all the time. It's like, okay, just send them, just send them Reiki. Maybe their souls are willing to accept it at this moment. Maybe they're not. It's okay. Um, but at least I am, I am equipped to keep myself protected from that and not have to bring that home with me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so can you, if, do you have any last little messages or anything you would like to share with the listeners, just maybe about how Reiki can help them right now, um, or any, you know, positive insight looking into the future, anything you'd like to share? I mean, like I said, I think if you are curious, find, find someone to offer a Reiki session. Um, if you're curious about training, my suggestion would be, and you've never had an experience, but you're feeling this, this would be something that you think you'd be great at. Jump into a level one training. Listen, it doesn't go away. And even if you've fallen out and away from it, you've been attuned, but it's been a while since you've been practicing, get reattuned. You can get a placement. You can get attunement as many times as you want. There is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that says you have to do it just three times, just four times, whatever it might be. You can take your level one nine times if you want to before you're comfortable with it. Or you, like I said, you don't practice and you want to hop back in. You're curious, find somebody who's offering Reiki, um, jump into that level one training. It's something that's going to stay with you. Even if it doesn't click to ever want to be of service to others, really healing yourself 
is by far probably the most beneficial thing that I can say people need to take away from, from Reiki, healing yourself, being able to bring that connection back from your heart, your soul, your mind, your body through Reiki. Listen, the more people that have that ability and that understanding, again, honestly, the better off we are all going to be. So, so true. Well, will you share, um, where listeners can find you, your website, your Instagram, all that fun stuff. And I'll also link it in the show notes. Yes. My website is, what is my website? Nurtureyoursoul.com. All one word. Um, I have contact information on there. Um, You can find links to any trainings um, that I might have. Um, I work in mostly out of flex yoga in Worcester. Um, it's a very awesome, unique yoga studio um, in historic downtown Worcester. I have a wellness room there that I can practice both the Reiki and the sound healings out of. Um, again, I'm doing a training there in a couple of weeks, a level one training. Um, I will go to Studio Rise in Ashland, up to Studio 108 in Independence. Um, so kind of just, you know, um, wherever. I like to keep at least my one hour Reiki sessions if they're going to be in person just local for me, but if uh, a virtual is something that you're interested in, you can reach out. Again, my uh, Instagram page is at soul nurturing. Um, Please link that and you can request um, services there. And there's also a link to my website on my Instagram page as well. Um, Yeah. So there's just different ways. Again, I, I try to find um, and I feel, I feel best in the communities that are very accepting of what I'm offering. And I'm always willing to try a different community. Um, so if even training into your community is something you're interested in, yeah, just reach out and see, um, you know, what my capacity might be for that. Yeah. The more people we can get to practicing Reiki, the better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I'm super grateful for you taking time out of your schedule to be here and to share knowledge well thanks for having me this was such a treat (laughs) yes always good to catch up i hope you have the most beautiful day and remember everyone when you awaken you you remember you namaste namaste